You are listening to our Southside Baptist Church podcast. For more audio content, please refer to our website. This is baptistchurch.com. Amen. Let's pray together. Our Heavenly Father, we just come to you, Lord, and we love you so much. And we pray right now, dear Lord, that our hearts are in tune with yours. We pray, dear Lord, that we hear truth. We pray, dear Lord, that you remove any fear that may be in us and remind us that we are to fear God. And when we fear God, which means we hold you in reverence and awe, and we recognize your holiness through Jesus Christ and the power of the indwelling Holy Spirit, we can have a peace that the Bible said will pass all understanding. Lord, today may you open up our minds. Dear Lord, may you set some of us free. And Lord, we'll give you all the glory and the honor, and we pray this in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. I'm going to ask you to remain standing, and while you're doing that, the children will begin to make their way to uh, Children's Church. And I've got two things that I need you to listen to before we even turn to the passage of Scripture. Number one, when COVID first started, there was an individual, and I'm not even sure if this individual made this statement, but they said that God took them for a ride and told them that there was nothing to COVID. And I said, well, that's not true. I don't know who this person went on a car ride with, but I guarantee they didn't go with God because COVID is a real COVID is a real disease, an illness. And for everyone in the medical community, every one of those in epidemiology, everyone that has been infectious disease, all those that have spent time and effort and work in trying to walk us through this medically, they have deep admiration from this pastor. And in no way the message that you are about to hear has anything to do with the medical community for those people that are on the front line doing what they do. I thank God for them. And all God's people said, amen. Now I want you to take your Bibles and I want you to turn to Galatians chapter 5, beginning at verse 19. And we're going to move quickly today, so you're going to have to really, you're going to have to really be listening. Now we've had a lot of what I would believe is a <laughs> prince of the air, Satan. I believe if the devil were going to do anything, he'd interrupt this service. So for those that may be live streaming, we have people that are sick, other people that may be watching. If we lose our internet service, I will deliver this again. So you can don't fret if something happens and may do that anyway. In Galatians chapter 5 beginning at verse verse 19 or verse 20 Paul said this well let's go back to verse 19. The acts of the sinful nature are obvious sexual immorality, impurity, debauchery, idolatry and witchcraft. Now everybody look this way real quickly. That is where we get our word pharmaceutical, pharmacy. Uh, it comes from a Greek word, pharmagaia, uh, the Greek word there. But it means drugs, but Paul translates it here, witchcraft. 
hatred, discord, jealousy, fits of rage, selfish ambition, dissension, faction, envy, drunkenness, orgies, and the like. I warn you, as I did before, that those who live like this will not inherit the kingdom of God. So witchcraft is this word in the Greek for drugs. Now from there, take a right, go over to Galatians chapter 9. I mean, not Galatians, uh, Revelation, Revelation chapter 9. Revelation chapter 9, verses 20 and 21. The writer of John, writing the book of Revelation, exiled on the Isle of Patmos, said, um, The power of the horses was in their mouths and their tails, for their tails were like snakes having heads with which they inflict injury. Verse 20, this is where we want to begin. The rest of mankind that were not killed by these plagues during this time still did not repent of the work of their hands. They did not stop worshiping demons and idols of gold, silver, bronze, stone, wood, idols that cannot see or hear or walk. Now look at verse 21. Nor did they repent of their murders, their magic arts, and there again is pharmagia. It is that Greek word for drugs. So Paul in Galatians says witchcraft, John says here magic arts. Now from there, go to the right to Revelation, Revelation chapter 18, verse 23 and 24. The light of a, can- the light of a lamp will never shine in you again. The voice of a bridegroom and bride will never be heard in you again. Now watch this. Your merchants were the world's great men. By your magic spell, all the nations were led astray. Everybody look this way. That magic spell is pharmagia, pharmacy, pharmaceutical drugs. Now let me read it again. Your merchants were the world's great men. By your magic spell, all the nations were led astray. In her was found the blood of the prophets and of the saints and of all who have been killed on the earth. Let's pray again. Lord, we thank you and we love you. And we give you glory. Lord, cleanse me, use me, dear Lord. Forgive me of anything that's gone into my eyes, my ears, come out of my mouth that would be displeasing to you. Lord, cover me in the blood of the Lamb. And Lord, we'll give you the glory in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. You can be seated. Real quickly, and as I heard one preacher say, buckle your pew belts because we're going to be moving quickly. Last week, we talked about the book of Esther, a woman by the name of Esther. Esther was an individual who was the uh, cousin or the niece of a man by the name of Mordecai. And they lived in the Persian Empire during the exile of the Jewish people. Um, Mordecai is a man who learns of a conspiracy, a conspiracy that is carried out in the book of Esther by a man by the name of Haman. Haman is an uh, Agagite. He's an Amalekite. He hates the Jews. So Haman hatches a, basically a conspiracy to kill off the Jewish people. 
And we said that Mordecai tells Esther about the conspiracy, alerts her, and says, Esther, you've got to do something. Esther says, wait a minute. If I go before the king unsummoned, he could kill me. Look what he did to Vashti, the previous queen. He could do that to me. He could excommunicate me, uh, throw me out. And Mordecai says, but who's to say that you've not been called to such a time as this? And Esther ultimately takes a stand, does the right thing, and saves the Jewish people. And we said this last week as we looked at Revelation chapter 12. You and I have an enemy. And that enemy, number one, has always in Genesis in the garden, Cain killing Abel. Haman trying to kill the Jewish people. That enemy has always been at war with the covenant people of God because of the messianic line. Satan was after Jesus, after the Messiah. It's no different than Pharaoh in the Egyptian. You remember what Pharaoh said? He said, take all the Hebrew boys and kill them. What was he trying to do? Empowered by the enemy, Satan, trying to destroy the messianic line, the Messiah, Jesus. That's what the enemy's been about. And you may say, well, what is the enemy doing now? The enemy hates you and I because we bear the image of God. And we are filled with his Holy Spirit. And so the enemy is at war. Now, let me define conspiracy. Conspiracy is defined as a secret plan by a group to do something unlawful or harmful. And for most of us, when we hear that word conspiracy, we automatically dismiss it. We think somebody, you know, this is a quack. Uh, we'll think this is somebody with paranoid schizophrenia. You know, everybody's using all these tests with their bipolar Oh, they're paranoid, schizophrenic. Most of us don't even know what it means. Paranoid schizophrenia is a person who listens to voices. They hear voices in their heads, or they literally hear voices. And so when we hear somebody talk about conspiracy, we automatically dismiss it, write them off as if they're a quack, or they're a nut, or they, 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 they've got paranoid schizophrenia. But you know, conspiracies have always been in history. I was reading uh, what they call the black box scandal, where eight members of the Chicago White Sox deliberately lost the 1919 World Series because they had been paid off. In a public trial, they were permanently banned from baseball. The killing of Lincoln. Most people believe that Lincoln was killed by John Wilkes Booth, but Lincoln was actually killed by a conspiracy of nine people. In fact, one of those individuals, Mary Surrett, was the first woman to be executed in the United States, United States by our government because of her part in the death and the assass assassination of Lincoln. The Tuskegee, uh, Tus Tuskegee, I'm, uh, lips are not working, they're so cold, syphilis study. This was where a study, a clinical study, was done by the government on the natural progression of syphilis in African-American men. African-American men during this time between 1932 and 1972 thought they were getting free health care from the government when in fact the government was denying them treatment for syphilis and was in fact studying the damage that was being done to the African-American male when it came to syphilis. Believe you me, in history, if you write off, if you write off conspiracies as if they never happened, then my friend, you don't have good sense. 
You know, the Bible also is filled with conspiracies. Lucifer, light bearer, Satan, he mounted a conspiracy against God. Pride entered his heart. Satan mounted a conspiracy against God that was so effective that he was able to convince one-third of the angelic host in heaven to follow him to their doom. Satan came into the Garden of Eden and hatched a conspiracy trying to plot Adam and Eve against God and ultimately was able to a degree to be successful. Pharaoh again... His conspiracy was to kill off the Jewish boys and thereby diminish a military might that might threaten him at a time of war. Haman, as we see in Esther, would attempt to persuade the Persian king, who had no idea what was going on, nor the Jewish people, that Haman was out to destroy the Jewish people. It was only because of the bravery of of Esther and the courage of Mordecai that anything was any different. Conspiracies have always been around. Herod tried to get the wise men to tell him where Jesus was so that he could kill. And when they did not do that and went back by another route, remember what happened. Herod had all the children, two years of age and younger, murdered. Remember that Jesus' trial and everything about his trial was conducted by the Sanhedrin who mounted a conspiracy through the scribes and the Pharisees and the Sadducees to put to death Jesus Christ. Conspiracies are not only in history, they're in the Bible. So the question is this morning, is there a conspiracy today in our nation, in our world, in the area of COVID? And if so, why? You know, I told you last week, Jesus, you remember Jesus in John 10.10, he said, the enemy comes to kill, steal, and destroy. You see, you and I have an enemy, and your enemy hates that you are filled with God's Holy Spirit. He hates the image of God that you bear, even though it has been marred by sin. And so the enemy, if he had his way, would kill us all. Think about it. The two issues that affect this nation right now are abortion which is the legalized killing of the unborn even after birth, even to put them on a table and allow them to die. The other is the LGBTQ movement. If it is embraced, humanity ceases to exist as we know it. Who do you think's behind all of this? The enemy. Why? Because if those two issues continue on the liberal left the way they are, then humanity would cease to exist because we would not propagate. Two men cannot have a baby. Oh, wow, Kanye, you amen me. Be careful. Because in Canada right now, this is becoming illegal, and I can get up to a five-year prison sentence for the statement that I just made, and you may go to jail with me. That's right. I love African-American women, because I just love that tenacity and that passion in you. But that's true, and I'll, I'll tell you about that later, okay? You see, the bottom line is, is that's your enemy. And let me tell you what your enemy loves. Your enemy loves fear. Have you ever thought about it? Jesus didn't say shalom. If Jesus came into this room right now, he wouldn't say shalom, which was the common greeting. What would Jesus say? Fear not. Fear not. Everywhere he went, fear not. Fear not. Fear not. 
Okay, you need to pay attention, okay? You're coming in late, that's all right. You see, that's your enemy. The Bible 365 times tells you and I not to fear. But that's Satan's tool. Satan loves fear. Why? Because fear, when fear takes hold of you, it controls you, and you begin not to walk by faith, but you walk by fear. That's the tool of your enemy. Paul said to Timothy, he said, Timothy, God did not give you this spirit of fear. But I can tell you this much, we live today in perpetual, ongoing, constant fear. Who's behind it? Satan, your enemy. So now, if Satan cannot get you by the fruit, he'll get you by fear. Did you hear me? So, how would he do it in these modern times? You know, we looked at this Greek word pharmakia. It's the Greek word for drugs, but it also means potions, spells, witchcraft, magical potions. You see, when the Bible talks about that, the Bible's not simply, when it says pharmakia, not simply pharmakia, not simply talking about Tylenol and aspirin. It would include all kinds of things. Meth, crack, pot, alcohol. It'd include all of it. You see, because the reality is, is for many of us in this room, we don't want to live in reality. We want to make up our own reality. We want to escape reality. We allow fear, worry, anxiety to so fill our lives that we want to stay drunk or doped up. You see, that's the enemy. And the truth of the matter is, is that much of the doping up that we do today is simply our attempt to escape fear. Because that's what anxiety is. When Paul used this word in Galatians 5, 19 and 20, when John used it in Revelations 9, it was very clear. In fact, in the book of Revelation, if you look at Revelation chapter 18, pharmakia, drugs, magic, witchcraft, whatever you want to call it. Let me tell you something. Somebody, I don't, I've never taken crack. I don't know anything about meth, but I can tell you this much. Once somebody takes one hit of it, they're gone. And what is it? It's the ability to escape reality and live in some kind of world that is, is, uh, is of a degree that I can't even begin to comprehend. And people keep wanting to go back to that over and over and over again. Mark Zuckerberg is not about Facebook. Mark Zuckerberg is about virtual reality and the ability one day to put you and I in a place where we no longer live our lives. Why do I want to go see Zimbabwe when I can put something on my head and see it right now? So let's get to the coronavirus. First of all, where did it come from? The origin of it. I sp spoke a while back on the gain of function. What is gain of function? What is this? It is the ability to genetically alter an organism, particularly a pathogenic organism, a disease-causing organism. In other words, you go into a virus and you manipulate it at its genetic structure, and thereby you create what many call a super virus. It's called gain of function. You're manipulating a pathogenic organism. You're making it transmissible to human beings. Listen, you're taking a virus out of a bat, 
and you're genetically manipulating it so it's transmissible to human beings. And you may say, my goodness, why would anybody want to do that? Biological warfare is the great threat. It's not nuclear. It's not even chemical. It's biological. And bioterrorism is a real issue today. So this is gain of function. In 2014, 300 academic professors, scholars in the fields of epidemiology, infectious disease, went to President Obama and said, you've got to stop gain of function. Because it's dangerous. Man's playing God. And President Obama stopped it. So Fauci, Tony Fauci, took gain of function. Sound like we got a lot of sirens now. Fauci took gain of function when Obama stopped it in 2014 and he moved it overseas. At the same time, he got a 68% raise by the Pentagon. Pentagon, he's the highest federal paid employee. He makes more than the President of the United States. So now, Wuhan lab in China was where this would begin to take place, gain of function, this stuff that every academic mind, Harvard, Yale, Cambridge, all of them were saying to President Obama, you better stop this, this is getting out of hand. Obama stopped it, Fauci just took it overseas to China. Because China, make no mistake, they have one thing. They Listen, they are about biological warfare, and they don't mince their words when they talk about it. And they are a threat to this nation. In this kind of work, they call it a lab has biosecurity levels. When you're doing gain of function, you need a biosecurity level of four. When Wuhan's lab was built, it was built by a French company. A French company built the Wuhan lab in China. When it's a level four, which means you're handling some of the most dangerous viruses, if they escape, then you have to have what they call a negative air system. The French company that went in and was also contracted to build the negative air system a man by the name of Stephen Benzel, who was called in to be, help be a part of the contract in the building and to build that closed net air system, what they call a negative air system, so that a bug does not escape, did not build the system. And he went on to become the head of a pharmaceutical company. You want to guess which one? Moderna. He also applied for a patent, and you know what he said in his patent? He said, you need to grant this patent. There is an urgency to grant this patent now, because this was March 2019, five months before COVID. The form is on record. You can see the form. In the application, he speaks to the urgency of an accident of a pathogenic virus or a deliberate release of the virus. So isn't that strange? That's strange, isn't it? The man who, the companies that's been contracted to build Wuhan lab, the ones who were to build this air system that would protect us, in fact, built the lab but didn't build the air system, then turned right around, heads up a pharmaceutical company that's making billions of dollars, and he became a billionaire, by the way, and then also got a patent for a vaccine. 
You may say, well, what about government agencies? Surely, because I'm a taxpayer, we're protected. But the very agencies that protect us have been compromised. The Food and Drug Administration, the FDA, receives 45% of their revenue from the pharmaceutical industry. So you may say, well, what about government agencies? The reality is FDA, for example, is funded large, or at least half of its funding is by the pharmaceutical industry. I wrote this down. The agencies that, the agency that has the responsibility for monitoring of the pharmaceutical industry receives half of its budget from that industry. It is flawed. These agencies, government agencies, this is not the only one, are compromised and no longer are friendly, but to a degree become a puppet of the pharmaceutical industry. And you may say, well, how did that happen? Well, back in the late 90s, around 2000, the drug industry, the pharmaceutical industry said, hey, listen, we're having too much trouble getting the patents for uh, and, and the research and the time and the personnel to do what we need to do. And, uh, you know, we, well, the pharmaceutical company was listening to the agency saying that. So the FDA was saying, listen, we can't give approval because we don't have the personnel and the time. The pharmaceutical industry said, I tell you what we'll do, we'll give you the money so you can hire the personnel and you move this process a lot quicker. So basically, the government agencies went to bed with the pharmaceutical industry, which was the one they were supposed to be monitoring. Does that make sense? They're compromised. And you may say, well, what about the World Health Organization? The World Health Organization is primarily sponsored by the United States and Bill Gates. Bill Gates has billions of dollars in the vaccine industry. And let me put it that way, the vaccine industry. But the problem is you don't have any objective nonpartisan voice to protect humanity. Everybody's in bed with the pharmaceutical industry. And you may say, well, what about media? I thought, I thought media was the front line of protection. I thought I could trust the news to, to see to this. But listen to this. We're, there's only two nations in the world that allow pharmaceutical companies to advertise on TV. We are one of them. Robert Kennedy Jr. in his book on Tony Fauci Big Pharma, Bill Gates, and the destruction of the, uh, the democratic form of government. It's an tr- unbelievable book. Everything's documented. I was listening to a debate between he and Alan Dershowitz, and then I was listening to another interview, and people will try to get Robert Kennedy Jr. to, and he, listen, he's a Democrat, and he's a Libertarian. Thank God for some bipartisan cooperation now between Republican and Democrat. This Democrat, Libertarian, said this. He said, I don't speculate. He said, I give the American people the facts with all of the credentials to back up those facts and let them come to their own decision. But Robert Kennedy Jr. said he was a friend of the head of Fox News. He said, we actually one time spent three months in the bush of Africa, I guess doing Peace Corps type work. He said years later, listen to this, in 2018 he came out, I think it was 2018, they came out with a movie on vaccine and mercury content. 
He went to this guy, the head of Fox News, and he said, listen, I'd like to, uh, uh, you know, I need help here on this vaccine issue. And, and the guy and the head of Fox News looked at him and said, man, he said, I can't help you there. He said, you can get on our shows and do the environmental stuff. He has over 500 lawsuits against environmental, on environmental issues. He said, but when it comes to pharmacy, he said in a non-election year, he said in a normal span of news, 17 out of the 22 advertisements are pharmaceutical. He said, if I allow you to talk about vaccines on any of our Fox News programs, I would have to fire the host, and if I didn't, Rupert Murdoch would call me within an hour. He said, and he had, listen to this, he had what he said. uh, He said, I am sensitive to vaccine and mercury and some of the issues about vaccinations. He said, because... I have a vaccine-injured child. You may say, well, what about the news? 70%, this man at Fox News said this, 70% of our income comes by advertising through pharmaceutical. CNN anchor, CNN, man. CNN anchor Anderson Cooper receives $12 million. He's primary anchor man for, uh, for CNN. He receives $12 million. $10 million of that comes from Pfizer. So don't think he's not pushing the vaccine, flu shots, and every other thing he can come up with. And you may say, well, what was Fauci's scenario? If you remember throughout all of this, Basically, Fauci, who led this COVID response, simply was telling the American people, go home, isolate, and wait till we find a cure. When your lips turn blue and you can't breathe, go to the hospital. We'll put you on a ventilator. We'll give you, I forget what the, resmirvir or something like that. Huh? Okay, yeah, whatever. Jana just said it. She's in the hospital. Which basically, Fauci gets $3,000 on that. And you may say, well, wait a minute. What were other countries doing? Well, other countries, they were not doing anything. You don't think we have an enemy? We do. Why do you think we were not talking about zinc, vitamin D? 80% of people who died of uh, COVID were vitamin D deficient. Vitamin D was a simple safeguard against COVID. Zinc was known to literally could do more damage to a viral infection than anything. Zinc, um, ivermectin. Why do you think, as we were talking about hydroxychloroquine, malaria medicine, while we had one America, while we had 2,200 Americans dying, only one Tanzanian was dying. Why? Because Fauci basically had to push his scenario, which was this: he had 98 billion dollars on vaccines. We could not find any other cure. We couldn't look for any other medical option because we were convinced that the only way we could fight COVID was through, was through um, 
vaccines. Do you know how long the pandemic lasted in China? Two months. Why? They were using vitamin D, zinc, antibiotics, steroids, ivermectin, uh, hydroxychloroquine, chloroquine. They were doing everything that we were not doing. While we were being told, go home with your mask, sit in a room by yourself, which is a mistake, and wait for us to find a vaccine. The rest of the world was finding using malaria medicine. Listen, doctors all over the world were beginning to question what was going on. And you may say, well, why did all this happen? Because we have an enemy. I was listening to somebody talking about, they talked about the Stockholm Syndrome. What is that? It's the idea that you're thankful to your captives because they are keeping you alive. He said, what you want to do if you want to take over a people, you want a totalitarian rule, if you want to destroy democracy, if you want to trash our Bill of Rights, then what you do, you convince the American people that there's an enemy, there's a threat. Rather it being the Soviets or China, what better threat than a bug? And so we were giving up the Sixth and the Seventh Amendment. We were not meeting in churches anymore. Why? Because we were being controlled by somebody out there that had an agenda. And you may say, well, what about social media? Google. Google's mother company, Alphabet, owns three vaccination vaccine companies. Vaccines are a billion-dollar industry. And you may say, well, what is the difference in vaccines and other medications? Because vaccines have lawsuit immunity. You can't sue the pharmaceutical industry for vaccine damage. It is a money-making pit. It is a machine. Mark Zuckerberg has about a billion dollars invested in vaccine. Bill Gates has several billion. And if you'll notice that any time there was any kind of discussion about alternatives to the, to the dealing with COVID, it was always you were put in Facebook jail or you were shut down. You may not like Trump, but Trump on Twitter questioned Dr. Fauci and his views on hydroxychloroquine. Twitter immediately took Trump down. Why? Because they all have stake in a billion-dollar industry, and they've all since become billionaires. So what is COVID? Where did it start? September 12th, in the Wuhan lab, COVID was released September 12th, 2019. When it happened, China in that moment destroyed 22,000 samples of the coronavirus. They removed all their paper and research on gain of function. This was confirmed, confirmed by the National Security Agency. In other words, what was said among epidemiologists, infectious disease, and some of the most brilliant minds in the world on September 12th, 2019, when this happened, the internet became alive. It just lit up. Why? Because we had a super virus that had escaped. One month later in New York City, Bill Gates and a team of people were in New York City before anybody knew 
In October in New York City, one month later, we're having, listen to this, a simulated COVID pandemic event which Bill Gates was there, CIA Deputy Director April Haynes was there, who's now the head of the National Intelligence Agency and over our COVID response. Guess who else was there? The head of China's CDC, George Gigeo. Fauci was not there, but his agency was there. They never, have you noticed, they never talked about public health. They never talked about how to deal with this disease. They never brought doctors together. In fact, if doctors brought up hydroxychloroquine or they brought up an alternative, they were fired. And the reality is, is that some in the medical community were paying a great cost trying to speak truth because it was no longer about public health, it was about money-making machine. In that, and you don't have to believe me, you can simply go, it's still on YouTube, Event 201, you can listen for yourself. In the discussion of that quote, of the big wigs sitting there talking about you and I, how to, how, you know what they were talking about? How do we use the pandemic to clamp down and destroy democracy? How do we fill people with fear so that they give up their constitutional rights? How do we come to a point that we can tell people, if you're not vaccinated, vaccinated you lose your job when the vaccine is not, is not effective, nor does it stop the transmission of the disease. And on top of that, the lawsuit immune pharmaceutical industry wanted a 75-year moratorium before they released any of the adverse effects. Somebody asked me, what do you think was going on? I think they knew that the vaccine was ineffective, but they would make about a trillion dollars on it. And every CEO of every pharmaceutical company became a billionaire in a matter of days. How do we use the pandemic to clamp down, destroy democracy, cause people to give up their constitutional rights? How do we force churches so they'll no longer meet together? How can we do what we do? They controlled the tech companies, they controlled the media, and in time they would control everything. We would give up our Sixth and Seventh Amendment rights. And if it's left up to them, we will have no rights at all. Bill of Rights are gone. What were the social repercussions? You ever thought about that? Listen to what the CDC says. One out of four under the age of 20 teenagers contemplated suicide. Suicide went up. Drug use went up. Alcohol abuse went up. Child abuse went down. Teachers, listen. It was the only one statistically that went down because teacher, when you close the schools and you quit going to your classroom, you were the front line. 90% of child abuse is reported by the teacher. And once school systems begin to close down, children were locked away with abusers. And if it doesn't make you angry, then my friend, you need to find me another church or fire me. I'd rather preach on a street corner.
One out of four under 20 years of age contemplated suicide. Drugs up, alcohol up, everything. Child abuse was up. Unemployment overnight went to 20%. Deaths, heart attacks, stress-related diseases. Everything began to change. Who's behind it all? You and I have an enemy. And that enemy is Satan. Why is it difficult to trace the origin of the virus? Because they were very manipulative. Who does it kill? It kills the elderly. It kills the overweight. It kills those who are immune compromised. Why did it happen? Because Fauci had to get emergency use authorization. Fauci had committed $98 billion, he and his cohorts, in order to dupe us and to sell us out on a vaccine that neither worked nor stopped the transmission of the disease. He had to get emergency use authorization, and you can't get that federal money. You can't get those billions of dollars. You can't get your hand on it. Listen, if you can't get EUA, you can't get emergency use authorization. How do you get that? You have to say there's no other alternative. There's no other medication. So guess what you got to do? You got to kill hydroxychloroquine you've got to kill all any other alternative in order to be able to sell it to the government so it was vaccine or die and while china had two months pandemic while tanzania and the african nations literally had hardly anything happening to them we were dying by the tens of thousands I tell you what, if I was an African-American, I would stand up no matter the cost. Because the reality is for many African-Americans, your, your, your ethnicity will pay the greatest cost in the COVID epidemic. And I don't mean this to hurt anybody, but the obesity rate among black women is four out of five. And that was, a, that was one thing that COVID goes after. Planned Parenthood kills 37% of abortions are black. Sooner or later, my friend, we have to wake up and realize that something is not right. We are 4.2% of the world's population, yet we had 20% of the COVID deaths. Why? Because basically Fauci shut down and, the, and some of his cohorts shut down everything. Bill Gates, Mark Zuckerman, Twitter, uh, Instagram, all of them were in cahoots together. Why? Because he's the prince of the air. You've got an enemy. Fauci would block all treatments that competed with vaccine. Dr. Risch, professor of epidemiology at Yale, editor of the Journal of the National Cancer Institute, Board of Editors, American Journal of Epidemiology, called it transparent sham. Fauci told us to go home, and when you can't breathe, go to the hospital, put you on a ventilator, and put that medication in you that will kill you. Why? Because he needed the EUA. He needed emergency use authorization so that he could continue. Any attempt to educate people was squelched by the news media and social media. Hydroxychloroquine. I wanted to sell, tell Dr. Stan May, PhD, 
who's just as angry as I am. I want Stan May to listen. They literally, the United States government, stockpiled hydroxychloroquine, stockpiled it and destroyed it. Dr. McCulloch, Vice Chief of Internal Medicine at Baylor University, and 57 colleagues published a study on the effectiveness of multi-level approaches, along with Dr. Pierre Corey, who came with a multiplicity of information from doctors around the world. Fauci never, never brought the doctors from around the world. They were all screaming to the top of their lungs. Because they realized what was happening in America should not be happening. And the reality is right now, you and I have an opportunity to make a difference. You may say, what do I do? Number one, you need to learn, you need to understand the facts. You need to quit letting, you need to quit letting this liberal left alien, out-of-control government push and tell you what to do and where to go. You need to wake up. You don't back down. The Bible doesn't tell you to run from the devil. The Bible says resist him. Standing firm in the faith. And he'll run from you. Learn the facts. Listen. Number two, never forget the danger of Wuhan. Gain of function. Parent, did you hear me? I listened to a team of scholars sit there and warn and cry out. I'm not talking about borderline. I'm talking about some of the prima donnas in epidemiology. Those people gathered in a panel and one woman in urgency said, you don't understand. You're talking about the potential of killing 50% of the earth's population. It was as if she were pleading. Parent, you better stand up. Because future generations are being threatened like they've never been threatened before. You better know what gain of function is. You better find out if what I said was the truth. You better find out if the head of Moderna was also the one that didn't build the, the air ventilation system in Wuhan. You better find out what Mark Zuckerman, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and what all of them are doing. You better wake up and find out what the pharmaceutical industry is doing today. For one day, your children may be paying a greater price than you could ever imagine. I think this calls for a federal investigation that goes all the way in every, at every level of our government. And the truth of the matter is, until China apologizes, I, I think I'll start looking at where stuff's made. China sits on the brink of invading Taiwan right now. And listen closely, from good, reliable source, I'm a former military, what Russia's preparing to do in the Ukraine, you can get ready. You better wake up, parent. You better wake up, Christian. the Chinese are doing to the Muslims right now. 
And the NBA so caught up with China right now is nauseating. What can I do? May not be much. But until China apologizes, I tell you what, I think twice about what I buy. I think twice about what I put in my body. And as I close out this sermon, I'd also think twice about where I'm going to spend eternity. You may say, well, you know, I don't know if we're living in the last days or not. I can tell you this much. I am 66 years old and I have never lived in a day like I'm living in right now. But you have the opportunity to make a difference, to let your life count. There are men, listen, I know men right now, men in powerful positions. You know what they're saying? That's enough. That's enough. Not on my watch. Not on my watch. And not on my watch either. Some of you young people have your whole life ahead of you. You got energy and talent and ability. You got everything. Many of you right now, African-American young men and women, have an opportunity that you've never had before. And what the enemy would do would have you squander it away, flip it away, toss those opportunities away instead of standing up and making a difference. You can be the Esther, you can be the Daniel, you can be the Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. You can make a difference. Some of you young people can say, not on my watch. But are you saved? Do you know it? You couldn't pay me to walk out of this sanctuary and not, for no, and not know for certain that I am a Christian. And I can tell you this much. I thank God. He gave me breath enough to preach this message today. If you don't know Him, give your life to Him. If you're a parent here today, sell out to Him and begin to live for Him. And my goodness, grow a backbone. Quit letting the news and the media and sports and entertainment spoon feed you when they all at the same time are multi-millionaires. Ben Roethlisberger, the quarterback for... Pittsburgh said that now he's retiring, he's going to invest his life into the kingdom of God. That should be you and I. So that generations from now, when Sophie, my little granddaughter, has her great-grandchildren or her grandchildren, she'll sit down one day and Sophie will look at him because she's that fiery, fiery, passionate personality. And she'll look at him and say, I can remember my grandpa, I can remember my grandfather at 66 years of age, still preaching with urgency and passion and calling us to walk that line. And I thank God that my mom I thank God that my dad listened. I thank God that I listened. And I thank God that God is going to change future generations. Why, when you take a stand, don't you cower down? God didn't call you to be a doormat. 
Do you know him? And would you sell out to him? Let's stand. Our Heavenly Father, dear Lord, I've done my best. Lord, I have preached with urgency and passion, and Lord, as to what you do with this, I don't know. Could be, dear Lord, that the church has to fire me to maintain tax exemption. It could be that the federal government and those that, uh, those that are so called up in the criminal element anyway, they can just knock me off. Not a big deal. We've got people running around in this city spraying cars and apartments, walking around with all kinds of assault weapons in stores and businesses and so arrogant because they know now they have a government, they have a society, they have sports, entertainment, all protecting them. But Lord, behind it all is an enemy. And that enemy is Satan. And as Jesus said, he said, Satan comes to kill, steal, and destroy, but I have come to give you life and to give it to you abundantly. And Lord, may we realize that, may we realize that, dear Lord, those that killed John the Baptist, those that killed Jesus, those that killed all the apostles, but John the Beloved, those that killed the early apostolic fathers, those that have sprinkled the blood of the martyrs of the church all through history may be calling on us to do, this, to do the same. And Lord, if that is, so be it. If I'm to be imprisoned, if I'm to be killed, if I'm to lose my life. But Lord, oh God, give us some pastors that will preach the Word. Give us some pastors with some backbone, some stamina, some courage. Alexis Tocqueville said America is great because she's good. And if she ceases to be good, she'll cease to be great. Many have said they don't know whether he said that or not. But oh, how great those words are. And that individual went on to make this statement, America's good because her pulpits flame with righteousness. It's time for God's people to become passionate, to get angry, to get riled up, to wake up, and to be the people, God, that you've called us to be. So I pray, dear Lord, that this has rattled some cages. And I pray, dear Lord, that there's one here that doesn't know you today that they would come and repent of their sin and give their life to you. I pray for others that may not be living the way they ought to live, that they would come and kneel at this altar and say, Lord, I'm sorry, cleanse me, forgive me. I want my life to count. Everybody look this way. I want to finish well. I want to finish well. I leaned over to Sheila a moment ago because it, everything was going wrong. Heat's not working. It must be working now. Is it working? It feels like it. Or am I just worked up? Coffee pots, the, the, they wouldn't work. Heat wasn't working. Everything was falling apart. Everything going wrong. And I looked at Sheila and I said, you don't think we have an enemy? And then I pulled my phone out and guess whose name pulls up on my phone? Bob Smith. Bob Smith, my spiritual dad in heaven. And I leaned over to Sheila during the worship time. I said, Sheila, I said, Bob Smith's name came up on my phone. <laughs> he is, Jesus is real. He is coming. 
And you and I need to live every day sold out to Him, abandoned to Him, making whatever sacrifices we have to make. And if a cost is to be paid, then my friend, when you get to heaven one day, when you walk into heaven, this will be you. You'll be walking down through the corridors of heaven. Elijah, Jeremiah, Ezekiel, Isaiah, all of them, Peter, James, John, they'll all be lining up. Bonhoeffer, all of those great men and women that have gone on your great grandparents, those people that believed and trusted Christ and sold out and served Him, they're going to be high-fiving you. And you're going to look down through there and you're going to see Jesus. And He's going to come. He's going to wrap His arms around Bell Russell. And He's going to squeeze you, Bell, and He's going to say, Well done, thou good and faithful servant. Don't you give up. Hey, parent, you fight for your kids. You fight for them. Don't give up. And all God's people said, Amen. Amen. You come. You come. May never be a moment like this moment. You come.